Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are ready to rock with an awesome show today for you. My goodness, if you love this show or if this is your first time tuning in, welcome and thank you for doing so. If you're listening in your car while you're on the treadmill or maybe you're even in bed with your little iPod or your iPhone or your iPad or some Google device, you know, hopefully not. But anyway, glad you're here on the show. Uh, this week, I am coming at you from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm home for the week until we get back on the road doing some seminars and, and touring and whatnot. But this week, um, I'm so excited because I have to share with you one of my uh, friends, colleagues, clients, and teachers. All those things rolled into one. It's Miss Veronica Crystal Young. Now, Veronica is an award-winning speaker. She's an actor and producer. You've seen her on The Golden Girls of Betty White. She's stared the stages with famous comedians. She's filmed and produced her own uh, films and movies. Uh, you've seen her in the Broadway classic musicals like Sound of Music, South Pacific, and Annie Get Your Gun. She's a theater actor. She's a movie actor. And uh, she's also a pretty high-level executive um, in corporate America. She's juggling a high-stress corporate job while at the same time never leaving her passions behind and always focusing on the dreams, which I love so much. And she helps to be able to take high stress uh, women, especially that are working in these types of jobs and help them to not lose themselves and find the true passion again, bring it all together. Uh, you've seen her on the Harvard Club of Boston stage, speaking at NASDAQ, and even performing at Carnegie Hall in New York City. Please help me welcome, wait, Help me welcome. You can't help me. You're listening right now. This isn't stage, but you're going to be on my stage in a mo in a few weeks. Uh, Veronica, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> Please help me welcome. Hey, maybe you're in the car and you've been to my seminars and you're clapping and, <laughs> and standing up right now. <laughs> I love that. So, Veronica, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Really, really excited to have you. Um, my, uh, I want to jump right in. And my first big question is, you know, did you, when you were growing up, did you want to get into corporate America? Did you expect you're going to be climbing a ladder or did you grow up with, you know, that, that artistic performer gene? What was it like early on in school and what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I did not think I was going to be in the corporate world at all. I had the dream of being an actor and a singer. I actually even, amazingly enough, had the dream of being a doctor. <laughs> so, and it's really interesting that now I'm in the corporate world, I'm in the medical field, but um, I really had uh, the dream of being an actor and a singer. I really wanted to perform and make an impact uh, on people's emotions. And uh, it was just wonderful to be in front of people. And then when I was younger, uh, I, I remember my brother and I, we had a, at home, we had... <laughs> We had this little stage uh, at home that we would be performing all these wonderful songs that we would write for the neighborhood kids. And, and I really wanted to do that. And um, how old are you at this point? I was, oh, I was at least uh, 
you know, six, seven, six or seven and brother, older or younger, younger brother, younger brother. So you guys six, seven years old. And how old was your brother then? A couple years younger. He was a a year younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. And you're out making a stage and performing for the neighborhood kids. (laughs) I can't even imagine doing that. (laughs) So fun. So fun. And then as, as I got older, of course, you know, life happens and, and, uh, with school and, and then, um, basically I, I had been, uh, I went through, um, surviving, um, sexual abuse when I was younger, um, for a very long time. And, and going through that, I experienced uh, a lot of doubt about who I was and, 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 uh, I, I was not a happy person after that. It really affected me. It, and it took a while to get that passion back. It took a while to get that that feeling about who I really was back. And after climbing the very long corporate ladder in the healthcare field, uh, the past you know thirty years, you know I, about ten years ago, I realized you know I this is great. I'm very successful. It's it's a, it's a wonderful to be so successful but I'm really not happy. I'm not doing what I really, really wanted to do, which is performing and, and making an impact in that, in that regard. And, and so I started back to the acting and the singing, the creative part, uh, what fills my soul and my dream. And in the last 10 years, I have, I have really gone back into that wonderful life of creation and possibilities and it is it has made a huge difference in my my daily life even at work because i'm happier and and i'm more fulfilled and it's and i'm not as tired because <laughs> corporate world can really really uh sometimes really get under your skin and really uh exhaust you and um following your passions yeah i can help. imagine so you, now you talk about you know, the the joy and the performance as a child, and you sort of you know you mentioned going through some pretty pretty severe um, emotional sexual abuse. You said, um, and then after that, you went went right on. I feel like there's probably a story in that. I know that's not the easiest thing to talk about, but if you'd be willing, I I, I think a lot of people listening would really. Well, number one, unfortunately you know, one in eight women and, uh, or one in four women, one in eight men are going to relate to that in some way. And it's something that so many people have experienced, but so few talk about. And even today we're talking about it more. So if you'd be willing, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear just w- when did that start? How did that, you know, how was that happening? And you don't have to share details, of course, but what was that like for you? And how did you get to the point where you got to the other side? Cause I know you real well. And I know you are on the other side. You're not one of these people walking around wounded. You're walking around healed, but you have scars to show, you know, yeah. metaphorically and maybe literally, I don't know. But can you tell a little bit more about what that was like growing up and, you know, how old are you when things start changing? Yes. Yes, I certainly can. And uh, it's one of the things I do talk about. <laughs> well, and that's why I ask in case anyone's thinking I'm, I'm being a little rude is like, I've seen you speak live many times mm-hmm. and I, I've heard your story from the stage and it's so powerful. Uh, I just think it would make a massive impact. I, I feel like, you know, people need to hear. Sure. Well, when I was growing up, um, I did, uh, I went to Catholic school and 
it was great. I loved it. I, 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 I was very close to God. And by the time I was 12, I started being exposed to sexual abuse uh, by my father. And it, it, it lasted for six years. And when you go through abuse, your whole world changes. It, it, it affects everything. It affects your uh, confidence. It affects your, 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 your sense of self-worth. And I, I retreated. I stopped any performing. I didn't feel like I was good enough for anything. I didn't believe I was going to be loved by anybody ever again. And it was a very, very difficult six years uh, and many years after. Um, there was time when uh, I, I, I had suicidal thoughts many times. It, it, I, I'm not going to say it. It was hard. It was very difficult. And by the time I was 18, I basically went to college, tried to get out of the house as fast as I could, of course. and finally did, after marrying an abusive man as well, uh, told him about what happened. And he made me tell my siblings about what had happened because uh, I had kept the secret for six years on my own. Six years? Six years. And I, I, I felt like I had to keep the family together. And of course, that's what abusers do. They they make it your fault. And 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 my father always told me that it was my fault that I, I told my mother one incident when, when I was younger, um, when nothing really happened, but it was, you know, basically telling me to get in bed with him naked. <laughs> and uh, uh, I told my mother that one incident and um, it, it basically, she couldn't handle it. And she was on pills the rest of her life for depression and emotional um, Oh my gosh. Damage. Yeah. And isn't that, I mean, isn't that such a common thing? Cause you're dealing with, with someone who, you know, is, is an abuser is controlling and really ultimately it's someone who's fearful and powerless, but it's, it's such, isn't that one of the most common reactions is they're going to tell. And it's always, it's always the abused uh, yeah. that feels like it's their fault. And that was one of the biggest things I had to overcome is feeling like it was my fault that the family fell apart after I did tell the family. Um, it, that was a very hard, hard thing for me to get over because not only did I feel like, well, what was I protecting for six years? <laughs> the family fell apart anyway. Right. What was I actually protecting? It's not like... Right. What was I protecting? And so I, I had a huge feeling of loss that... I, 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 what was I doing to myself? Uh, you know, I was damaging myself by not telling anybody for six years. But then after it did finally did fall apart, after I did tell my brothers and my mom, it did fall apart. What was I, what, what I lost six years of my life um, in, in that, in that dark space. And um, that was a very hard thing to realize that I, I did finally lose my family uh, and the family that we supposedly had, which was, you know, everyone thought we were the perfect family. And, you know, on the outside, everything looked great. But, you know, it's just a testament to everybody to realize that you never know what's going on with somebody else. You never do. No, and, you don't. And, and, and we can and judge really, ourselves and think we should be so much better or right. this is only happening to me. 
And look, right. I don't care if, it, if it's abuse, if it's depression, if it's anxiety, if it's uh, fear, like people, way more people in the world experience this stuff than we'd ever imagine. Um, right. What, so, so sharing and bringing it to the open and bringing it to the light of day was a really important thing, obviously. It for was. And, and my, my husband, uh, I am very thankful to him because even though he was abusive, he made me tell my brothers and he said, you have to, you have to get help. You have to get therapy, which wow. was very interesting coming from an abusive person. <laughs> but, but, um, I did get help and I did go through many years of therapy and help and, uh, telling my brothers uh, changed the family dynamic. Of course, they they no longer spoke with my father, and my mother and father divorced, and Good. everything that my father had had said would happen if 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 people found out did happen. But of course, I was older now; I was not underage, so he would he didn't go to jail, and you know the statute of limitations at that time which has been changed since then, but it was only two years. So all of that was, was, was there. So it, it was a very trying time. And, and it, as I said, the hardest part for me was the loss of the family and forgiving, forgiving myself, to be honest with you, forgiving myself for not speaking up and saying, Hey, you know, I need help. And a lot of what we go through you know, as survivors, when we go through abuse, we carry over a lot of the patterns and the negative self-talk and the unhealed emotional pain and, you know, toxic relationships into our adult life. And those feelings and those, those painful feelings and that fear can hold us back in what we're doing today and make a huge impact. And a lot of this is unconscious if we haven't done the healing work to understand why we do what we do. For sure. So before we move on too far, tell me it, it, the first few things, like if, if someone's listening and, and I think quite frankly, somebody listening right now, you might be thinking this is actually me or I'm in this situation right now or a similar type of situation of, of powerlessness. What would you tell someone right now listening? What's, where do you start when, you know, when you're not sure and maybe, maybe you're scared what are the first steps to do and how do you, how, how did you get the courage to really do those things? Like internally, cause I, I can't even, I, I, can't I, will, I will tell you that when I, when the light went on in my head about, I needed to change, there was something I needed to do. And that was when I was, I was about 20. It was, I was very young and I had attended my first group of women that had been through the same thing. And I always felt that I'm, I'm good. I, it hasn't affected me. I can, I can, I can survive. I can do this. You know, I'm strong. I can do this. Um, it hasn't affected me that much. And so I was trying to be the superwoman. <laughs> I was trying to be, you know, oh, it hasn't affected me. I can, you know, I can deal with this. And the reality was, is I didn't realize how it had affected every aspect of my life. I'm talking every aspect, relationships, work, how I felt about myself, how I felt about uh, my partner, how I felt about my parents, how I felt about anybody I'd meet on the street. It was, it was very interesting that my first day in this group, 
I realized after hearing everybody else's story and how they dealt with things and how they felt about things in the world was exactly how I felt about things. So I wasn't alone in the way I felt. Yes. And I thought, you know what? I need to drop this superwoman guys and say, hey, maybe there is something to looking internally at how I am thinking about things. What am, being on, honest with myself about why am I really feeling this? Why am I really doing the things that I'm doing? Why do I react the way I react? And they, they had a name for me, and I wish I could remember the name in the group because I told myself I'm not going to be in this group for as long as some of the women had been in the group. Some of the women had been in the group for three, four or five years. And I said, I, I need to get on with my life. I need to, I need to, I need to fix this. Right. <laughs> you want to, you want to move into, to, into what's next. And, and I get that. It's like, you, you can't really say how long something takes to heal. And it, it's some, in some ways, you know, we, some of the things we've been through, you know, it's an ongoing process, yes. but in another way, like losing someone, you know, that you love and I've lost, you know, family members and, in one way, it never completely disappears and it's always something to walk through. But in another way, there is the time when you realize, okay, I'm not living in the grief. Now I'm living in the next season and I have to find the hope and the vision for the future. Exactly. And I think that that, 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 that the thing that clicked for me is just being honest with myself about, I need to dig down, dig down deep and really do some self-evaluation. And it came down to, Every single thought I had or every single choice I had in life, I wanted to evaluate where was that choice really, really coming from? What was, what was the choice based on? And it made me realize that I had the power to choose yes. to change. And that power, everybody has. Everybody has the power to make a choice. and. And as, as we all know, the famous saying of, well, if, if, if nothing changes, nothing changes. <laughs> and I really, really lived that because I, I would realize within a week my patterns of the choices I would make on how I would react or how, what I would say to somebody or how I would feel. And I'd say, you know what? I'm going to change this reaction the next time. And I got a different result. Sometimes it wasn't what I wanted, sometimes it was, but it was, it was a different result than what I was feeling or what I was, was getting and, and, and sometimes very painful. So you, so part of, part of what happened, and just to go back to the beginning, you, um, you also jumped into uh, executive work and you jumped in the corporate world and some pretty high level work and you've been kind of yes. working your tail off on that. Yes. Tell me, tell me a little bit about how, like, did you feel like at this point now I'm moving on now, this is my new career and this is who I am. Um, did you like it? And tell me a little bit about kind of like that corporate work, how you got into it mm -hmm. and how the passion projects always intermingled in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah. Cause they did. <laughs> um, I got into the corporate world. I had a very uh, good friend, when I was uh, 1920, who had me um, step into a position at a hospital as a um, as a secretary, and that's where I started in the medical field. And in between working uh, these jobs, I would 
uh, do a little performing here and there and singing here and there. And then as I, I moved up the ladder, the corporate ladder of success, I, you know, I was, I, I moved to a different hospital. I moved to a, a, a medical group. And in between all of climbing the corporate ladder, every once in a while, I would do a little singing gig or I'd, I'd do uh, performing in Civic Light Opera or some of the uh, uh, small theaters around town in LA. And it was, that fed my soul. And as I climbed the corporate ladder, and I climbed it fairly quickly, um, right now I'm, a, I'm, I'm really a, uh, a corporate manager for a, one of the biggest hospitals in, in the California. And the stress level for me is very high because I deal with over, you know, 200 employees. And if I didn't have my creative outlet of singing and acting and the things that I love to feed my soul, uh, it would be very, it would be very stressful coming home and not, not having anything to look forward to. And so about three years ago, I realized my dream of wanting to help others overcome their stress and get to a place in their life where they were following up on their dreams, even if they're in a corporate setting, which I am. And I went and took some certifications for coaching and I've started speaking and it's been a whirlwind the last three years because I realized there are so many women out there that are in these corporate settings that do have some creative outlet that they have always wanted to do. I, I have a, a, a client that is a, a loves to play piano and she hasn't done that for so long. And we, we all work to get to the point where she's now doing that and even doing some recitals again. And it, it's brought back so much joy in her life. And then another client that loves painting and put that down for quite a while and has, has now picked that up again. And I, I think that people need to realize, you know, it's never too late to, to instill and, and go after your dreams, even if you're in the corporate world. And that's what I've done. And, and it's been great because I, I now am part of a country band and we perform every month. So that singing part for me has really, really taken off this, this, this past two and three years. And I'm an actor, as you know, so that is... And let's shout out to Crystal Whiskey real quick. Crystal <laughs> Whiskey Country Band yes. with uh, with uh, you and Eric Anderson in Southern California. So go on Facebook and check it out. Go find Crystal Whiskey. You can right. actually see Veronica performing and singing and, and in the country rhinestone get up, <laughs> which <laughs> right. is so well, cool. And you, know, and I, you know, after surviving the childhood abuse and climbing that very long corporate ladder of success and not feeling happy and always feeling tired and maybe being upset and, and, and wondering, you know, what am I doing? It, it, I, the, my passion is this performance and making a difference uh, and impact. And, you know, everybody has that thing, that secret sauce that fills them up, you know, that, that dream. And I, I would say, do what you love whenever you can, because it, it fills you up. With well, let me let me ask you this, Veronica. You know, like when, when you're saying this, I think I'm going, yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking about the things that I'm passionate about that I have not been doing lately. 
Um, to me, I think we all like I resonate with that message, but the first, the real question is okay, but like where do I start? You know, how do I really do that? Because life gets in the way, and you know, we love you know if we have kids, we love the kids or a spouse or partner or you know our business, all the things that we do. But when you look at it from step back a minute, it's like, wow, life just got filled up with all these important things. Right. And it, to me, maybe this is just me, but I feel selfish if I say, I want to pick up all these passion things. What would you say to me or someone like me? And how do I get started again if it's been a little while? I would say uh, what happened with me, and I can just give an example, is that I I got to the point where I was so tired and my time management needed to be I needed to carve out the time for me because you're no good to anybody else. Your kids, your wife, work. And if you're tired and grumpy all the time, <laughs> 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 let's just be honest. I felt grumpy sometimes. I felt grumpy sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I and I I found what I found is that even in the high stressful jobs, I I had to step back every once in a while because sometimes I'd snap. Um, I'm frustrated. I have, you know, you have 10 things on your plate, as you said, you have, your time is all filled up with, you know, work or, or, or your to-do list is huge, <laughs> you have this huge to-do list and you're feeling, um, you're feeling overwhelmed. I would say the best thing to do is take some me time. For me, what I started doing is I started taking uh, me time walks at work. I would take only 10 minutes at work. So in the middle of what you don't have time for, you can actually carve out time. Just you have to, you you have to make time for you because that space will allow you to focus on you and really, really ground some, some calm, say ground calm, (laughs) C-A-L-M. Because that's what you need. You need to be able to stop the world and focus. And a big thing I do when I do my my 10 minute walk is I visualize. And I visualize, you know, a calm ocean or I visualize being somewhere as I'm walking. Because to me, your mind and your body, when you visualize, there's a physiology that happens you know, if you're having an emotion of calm and you're visualizing something calm, your body can't help but follow because your brain doesn't know the difference um, when you visualize something. So um, that helped me a lot, carve out time in my day for me, which in turn helped with my reactions and my uh, well-being. I, I love that. And look, if if you don't think you have time uh, if, if you work a full-time job, let's say, and you don't think you have time for a break or your boss would look at you weird if you wanted to go on a 10-minute me-time walk, look, anyone who smokes, they never have an issue going on a five, seven, even 10-minute smoke <laughs> break. They're like, right? They don't yeah. all throughout uh, all throughout the day. You know, most, most people who smoke, they'll go out and have a couple of breaks in the morning, a couple of breaks in the afternoon. So if you walk out, just tell them you're going on a smoke break. <laughs> right. Right. I had a friend, friend of mine, uh, shout out to Matt Talley up in Seattle. He used to, is, is a electrical engineer. You know, everybody smoked it in one area uh, during one of his jobs he worked a while back. And he used to always go outside and he'd go sit and have an apple and just hang out for 10 minutes. And the boss would come out and be like, what are you doing out here? Smoke break. 
Yeah. And then you leave them alone because it's like, look, everyone else can do that. Why can't I? So, so I love that. Take the break, take the time for you. So funny because sometimes even, even my staff will come in and be all stressed out and I'll say, you know, it's time for me walk. <laughs> <laughs> you get all Irish on them. Huh? <laughs> I do. I do. Hey, if, if you're, if you're on, uh, if you're on the Island listening to us, I love it. I know we have people from the UK uh, and Ireland you know, so you have to go out on me walk, don't you know? Go out on me walk. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> funny. Just kidding, just kidding. Funny. Awesome. So last question is, um, so what's your advice to someone who, who again, like I, I haven't picked up my passion for maybe years. Maybe I'm a little scared. Maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm burned out on it. What's your advice to, to just get started? Like how do I actually get myself to do it? I know that I want to, I know that I should, you know what I mean? But sometimes it's like that. It's like 10,000 pounds to pick up the phone or to open the laptop and find the order, the art supplies or whatever it is. How, how do you start? You know, I, I would say it's, it's, an, it, it's a, it, and that's why I said the me walk is really important because it's all about you and looking and being introspective about what's holding you back. What is the real, what is the real reason that this is difficult. Is it really time? Is it really the time? Or is there is there something else? Is it is there something underneath that? Is it is it something about a limiting belief or I'm not I'm not going to be good enough about this? I'm not why am I even going to try to attempt this? Uh, oh wow. Okay. Why am I even going to try? Because I'm terrible at it. I I I know that that has happened with a client who was like, oh, I don't even know why I'm gonna even gonna try this because I'm terrible at it. And well there's a judgment. <laughs> I was like, yeah. there's a judgment about that. And what's that all about? You know? And so, so there's, there's always something I feel always something underlying, not wanting to try something. Um, and I believe with, with getting started, it's identifying what is the real reason that you don't want to try. You don't want to do it. So look for the real reason why you might not want to try. Right. And it might not just be, I don't have the time. Right. Like that's the the cop out, right? right? I don't have the time. Right. But but it might be, I'm scared to start again. Yep. What if I was never any good in the first place? Right. Or what if it's the judgments about it. And it's the it's the uh yeah, it, it's the, you know, oh well, if I try this, then then I won't be any good. Or it'll it's gonna be a validation that I'm not any good. You know, that's you know what I think it is? I don't want to speak for for my wife Lola, but I think both of us probably have a similar one mm -hmm. under the surface. There's that, yeah, like we're both encouraging. Like I want her to do the things she's passionate about, mm -hmm. singing and art and things. And and she wants me to do things I'm passionate about, mm -hmm. you know, climbing and and outdoors and leadership and different things. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's under the surface for us that I'm relating to as you're saying this is probably the fear of being seen as selfish. Mm -hmm. Like, like my spouse is very supportive, but I still can't help. There's a part of my brain that's like scared she won't be or scared that she's going to be hurt or mad or thinking I'm selfish because I need to do something for me, mm -hmm. even though that's not the reality. Right. But and what and, and, I, and I still I have that fear. Yeah, exactly. And and you know that's all about how is it going to look right? How's it going to look? How's it going to look? And, and how's it going to look is about other people's judgments about us. Got to get over the other people's judgments. Got to get over it. I, I, it's, it, it's, you know, and I, I realize, especially when you're in a relationship and it's a wife or husband or, or, or significant other, 
Um, we all have this. It's like you care about what, obviously you care about what your spouse cares and knows, you know, thinks about you. But at the same time, as I was saying previously, you know, if you, if something fills your soul, you're going to be a better person for that. You're going to be, you're going to be a better person for them if you are doing what you really love to do. And well said, well said. Well, you have a book coming out or your book is already out. Actually, it's called the other side of pain. It is. It's it's called the other side of pain. Know your power overcoming childhood sexual abuse. And it's about taking control of your emotions and the pictures of the past to release your unconscious patterns. You know, the ones that hold us back. We were talking about earlier, like the negative self-talk or unhealed emotional pain, you know, anything that holds you back. Kind of a guidepost to release the hold of the past. That's amazing. And really what I love about your message too, Veronica, is it's, it's let, you know, be able to release the past so it doesn't have a hold on you so that you can grip to the future and your passions and what you're really here to do. Right. Um, it, it's, it's an incredible book. I'm, uh, I, I think it's just a, a timely message as well, because again, with so many people, stories are coming out mm-hmm. and it's so great that they are right that, that, well, truths are being exposed, it, that people it, have gone so through I, negativity exactly and i think it's time and i think the media is helping and getting getting it out as well um it, it was so taboo for, for 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 many years and still is to a certain extent but it's getting better and i i think the biggest message is is you know we all have the power to choose choose who we are today. I mean, there's a, there's a saying, the past does not define you. Well, it doesn't define you today. It doesn't define you today because everything we've been through in the past made us who we are today. So the past made us who we are, but it doesn't need to define you today. Correct. Because we have a choice. We have a choice to, to be aware of, of what our past was and make any changes that we feel we need to make to make it better. Well said. I couldn't say it better myself. Veronica, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your story with us and sharing your passions and and really just teaching us how we can jump in and, and get back to who we really are in the first place. Guys, the, the book is called The Other Side of Pain. You can find it at theothersideofpain.com and on Amazon. We'll have links in the show notes if you're getting this on a subscription like uh, iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify. And you can follow Veronica Crystal Young at know your, which is you are, Power 365. Know Your Power 365 on Facebook and LinkedIn. And again, we'll have links to our social media so you can follow this journey as well. Thanks again for coming on the show, Veronica. I sure appreciate you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Matt. Awesome. Guys, that's the show for today. I hope you had a great time. And certainly, I hope that um, that Veronica's story is so important to get out and so important to understand that you're not alone no matter what it is. And it's not just sexual abuse or physical abuse, be it emotional abuse, or just plain, you know, somebody crushing our dreams, holding us down, trying to control in your life somewhere, having that negativity or traumas. And if you've gone through things like that, number one, you're not alone. Number two, you, you can share, you can get this out, you can get that rock lifted from over from on top of you. And it's time to do that. The biggest thing, though, I'm so grateful that she shared is that once you do that, once you get out from under things, you can chase your passions, you can be who you want to be, and it is time. So great. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already. 
on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, everywhere you get that. If you're listening in the car, make sure you head over to those platforms. You can get this show twice a week, every single week. Never miss an episode of The Driven Entrepreneur. As usual, I always say the same thing, and I will again. Get out there this week and crush it. <laughs>